December 2022. This is for professional investors only, never ever investment advice. And this is the end of season eight of Uncle Jim's World of Bonds. I'll be back in 2023, although in the meantime, I will be doing my Christmas special, aka the 2023 bond market outlook piece. Um, being lazy and procrastinating does have its advantages. Firstly, I can plagiarise the best bits from the 10,000 other 2023 outlooks in my inbox. And secondly, I get to incorporate all the recent moves in bond markets um, into that outlook, unlike those poor fools who wrote theirs um, in good time in September when government bond yields were, I guess in some cases, about 100 basis points higher than they are today. Uh, And finally, before I get into today's episode, please take a listen to my most recent podcast, which came out on Saturday. It was an interview with Alan Blinder from the Fed, who's in the Fed in um, the mid-90s, also one of Clinton's main advisors. Um, And he's written a fantastic new book called A Monetary and Fiscal History of the United States, 1961 to 2021. Um, And I think it's really good. I think, you know, if you you want to learn about bond markets and economics, um, and I could recommend, recommend one recent book that would be the one so highly recommended for your Christmas lists this year okay well last week was interesting I guess the biggest excitement came in Jay Powell's speech at the Brookings Institute on Wednesday Uh, the Fed chair um, started with comments where really if you wanted to read them with a very hawkish tone I think you could easily do so I mean here here are a few little mini quotes from that speech we will stay the course We have a long way to go in restoring price stability. History cautions strongly against prematurely loosening policy. Um, So all of that, you could say, uh, would have made you a bit more um, hawkish on the Fed. But there was also some caution in his speech about the impact of lags on monetary policy. So how long does it take before you hike rates? before you start seeing that come through into the real economy. And we know that those lags can be long, um, 18 months even in some cases. And so as a result of those lags, he also said, quote, it makes sense to moderate the pace of our rate increases. And it was that bit really. And and, and also perhaps uh, as an aside, we've seen a big loosening of financial conditions. FCI financial conditions indices have been plummeting in recent weeks. And uh, people expected him maybe to mention that, the fact that although the Fed is tightening markets through credit spreads, expectations of uh, government bond yields, etc., etc., higher equity prices have been effectively removing what the Fed is doing with interest rates. So financial conditions overall are much, much looser than they've been at previous Fed meetings. And some people thought he might push back on that. So again, it was not just what he said, it's what he didn't reference and he didn't reference that financial loosening. So as a result, um, markets had been thinking we were going to get another 75 basis point hike from the Fed in this December's meeting. They've now moved to price that down to uh, the highest probability being a 50 basis point hike this month. And it was really the front end of the US Treasury bond market that led the rally in bonds last week. But even if you look out the curve, to 10 years, 10-year yields were down over 20 basis points in the week too. 
And government bonds, until Friday anyway, had a, a pretty strong week across the world. And um, thinking about Europe, the direction of inflation surprises may be changing. So we've had 20 months in a row where Eurozone inflation has beaten expectations, which is you know quite staggering. Just shows the almost the failure of economic forecasting that had 20 months in a row where where the inflation number has beat expectations. Um, that wasn't the case last month, though. Suddenly we get um, a downside surprise. So the month-on-month CPI number was minus 0.1, so deflation compared to a plus 0.2 expected. Year-on-year is obviously still very strong at 10%, but again, lower than uh, consensus forecasts. And so just as the Fed expectations faded from a 75 to a 50 basis point hike, the same thing happened in the bond markets, etc., with um, effectively a 25 basis point reduction in the magnitude of the next ECB hike being now priced in. But we did end the week on Friday with the most important number of the week, non-farm payroll, the employment number. And it is worth mentioning again that Jay Powell has alluded to the strength of the US labour market and even in that Brookings Institute speech talks about jolts where there are you know more job openings than there are people looking for work at the moment. And the strength of the US labour market was seen in non-farm payroll number, um, 263,000 new jobs created compared to about 200,000 expected. 263 was lower than last month's number but still strong. Uh, but the biggest shock to markets really came through the wage component of the, the labour statistics that came out. And it was average hourly earnings. And these came out at 5.1% year on year. So average hourly earnings up by over 5%. And the market expected 4.6%. So an upside surprise to earnings. Um, this was largely driven by one component. Um, and, and I think somebody pointed out today that actually there was a quite low response rate to people answering the questions around wages for, in the statistics this year, which may lead to some revisions when they get the full data in. But nevertheless, a huge rise in warehouse and transportation wages within those numbers. And I guess if you looked at those average hourly earnings, you'd say that they are too strong for the Fed to start pricing in wage, sorry, rate cuts from its cycle. So at the moment, we have peak Fed funds in May next year. Um, slightly earlier than June, where where they were priced in. So May is pricing in 4.95%, effectively 5% Fed funds rate then. So we've got another 100 basis points to go from the Fed, of which 50 of that is likely to come this month. So we end season eight of Uncle Jim's World of Bonds with, I guess, a glimmer of hope that the inflation rate may be peaking um, and that rate hikes are going to be lower than they were and that the end is in sight in June next year. But we don't have any strong evidence that the US labour market is suffering yet. Um, in, in fact, it seems very, very robust indeed. Um, but inflation should fall, notwithstanding strong wage growth and strong labour markets, simply because of those base effects that we're seeing um, going into 2023. So the oil price is a little bit stronger this morning. It's in the mid-80s. It has been down in the low 80s for a couple of weeks now. If it stayed where it is now, that would mean that for pretty much every month, 
in 2023, we would have a negative impulse on the inflation numbers. We would have deflation on the year-on-year oil price throughout 2023. And so, uh, you know, when we talk about 10% inflation rates at the moment, we obviously that looks incredibly scary, but it should be down, uh, I'm, I'm guessing, below 5% by Q3 next year. And it may even finish the year. Um, probably above two and probably above three, but certainly still weakening at that point. So finally to say that, you know, credit and emerging markets remain incredibly firm at the moment. I was looking at CDX EM, which is the kind of basket of the main big, big beast emerging market dollar bond issuers. Um, if you go back to July this year, um, that was out at about 400 basis points, that credit spread of all those emerging market names. Today, we're down at 230 basis points, almost a halving of you know perceived emerging market credit risk there. And corporate bonds are also doing uh, incredibly well, a bit more stable uh, last couple of days, but certainly we've seen 150 basis point rally in high yield um, since uh, the last month and a half, really. So risky assets are in demand. I guess that's also true for equities. Okay, uh, final one to mention, of course, is the dollar. And if we're finishing this uh, this season, the, the season theme would be probably one of dollar weakness, um, having been very strong at the end of September um, on the DXY index. It was up at 114. It's now down at 104 and a half. So, you know, um, a significant weakening of the US dollar as we expect the Fed rate hiking cycle to be um, less severe than it was before. Um, the main beneficiary has been the Japanese yen, but the, the you know euro is all very also very strong at the moment against the dollar and those emerging market currencies too. But for the full roundup of what we think is going to happen in 2023, look out for the 2023 roundup. Um, have good weeks. Bye.